بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين My brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته When Allah سبحانه وتعالى described death الموت in the Quran He said فأصابتكم مصيبة الموت That the calamity of death afflicts you and so Allah Azzawajal described death as a calamity. Nothing has been specifically described as a calamity other than death. فَأَصَابَتْكُمْ مُصِيبَةُ الْمَوْتِ And it is obvious for why death is a calamity for those of your family that are around you. Because the family, after your death, they grieve, they're sad, uh, and they, uh, they, they, they mourn the loss of their loved one. So it is known how death is a calamity for your relatives and your family and your friends because they're sad. But how is death a calamity for the person who died? How is death a calamity for the one who died? Allah Azza he said, فَأَصَابَتْكُمْ مُصِيبَةُ الْمَوْتِ The calamity of death has struck you, O dying person. How is death a calamity for the one who died? You see, يعني, this is very simple. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in an authentic hadith, he said, إِذَا مَاتَ بْنُ آدَمًا قَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ When the son of Adam dies, all his deeds come to an end. This is why death is a calamity for the dead person. Because all his deeds and opportunity to earn hasanat have ended. All of it has ended. Now the eyes, you cannot use them to look at the sky and read the Qur'an. You cannot use your E to listen to what is pleasing to Allah and listen to the Qur'an. You cannot do that anymore. You cannot use your tongue. The dying person cannot use his tongue. The dead person cannot use his tongue to say, Subhanallah, one Subhanallah would have given you a mountain of Uhud, Hasanat. The dead person cannot use his hands to open a Qur'an. The dead person cannot use his feet to walk to al-masjid and to walk to that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. إِذَا مَاتَ بْنُ آدَمْ When the son of Adam dies, all his good deeds come to an end. That's it. You can no longer pray. You can no longer fast. You cannot give sadaqah. You cannot do any of the good that you used to do when you are alive. Therefore, death is a calamity because the book of good deeds closes. Finished. That's it. Allahu Akbar. Then there is hope in this hadith. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Illa min thalath, except three things. If you were to work on three things right now and you correct them right now, then after your death, they remain channels and rivers of hasanat that continue to flow into your grave. Allahu Akbar. Then what I want to discuss with you from this hadith are three huge, great investment projects that you and I are supposed to be working on right now so that when we die, which is certain, everyone will die. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ When we die, these three things will continue to be a source of good deeds and hasanat that continue to flow in our graves as we lay there waiting for the day of judgment. Allahu Akbar. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the first thing that will benefit you and will be a source of good deeds for you after your death, he said, Sadaqatun jariyah. Allahu Akbar. 
a continuous charity, an ongoing charity. What this means is that right now, as you are alive, you're supposed to work on charity deeds. You're supposed to work on charity projects that you establish now in your life before your death. And then everyone who benefits from your charity project, you will earn hasanat. And after you die, so long as people are still benefiting from your charity work, you continue to earn hasanat. Allahu Akbar. This is what is meant by sadaqatun jariyah. Sadaqa jariyah, a continuous charity. It refers to al-waqf, as Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah mentioned. Al-waqf is an endowment. So, the first project that you're supposed to be working on right now is ask yourself the question, what is your charity project? Some people, they purchase masahif, Quran, and they put them in masajid around your country, wherever you live, or every country you visit, go and buy a Quran and put it in a masjid. Everyone that reads from this Quran, you will earn hasanat. And when you die, whoever is reading from this Qur'an, you will continue to earn hasanat as you're in your grave. Allahu Akbar. Some people build masajid. Build a masjid. Everyone who prays in this masjid and everyone who does dhikr of Allah in this masjid and every dua in this masjid, every salat in this masjid, every good that is done in this masjid, every khutbah jumu'ah that is done in this masjid, every wudu that is made in this masjid, you earn hasanat as you are alive and even after your death, it continues to flow in your grave. So each and every single one of us must work on a charity project. What I suggest is think of something. It could be a school, a masjid, a well. Uh, it could be a, a, an orphanage. It could be anything. And save every single week, save. If you want to build a masjid that will cost 30000 50, 60,000 American dollars, let's say, whatever it is. Every single week, say you've put some money on the side. And this money that you're putting is for your sadaqah jariyah, for your waqf, for your endowment project, for your charity project. Put an amount on the side every week so that once you've got the total amount to build a masjid or the total amount to build a school or the total amount to build a well, whatever it is, then you go and you pay it with the intention that this is a sadaqah for Allah. And in hope that so long as people are benefiting from it, you continue to earn your hasanat. And when you die, people continue to benefit from it. You continue to earn hasanat. A river of hasanat that flows in your grave after your death. Allahu Akbar. And then that's the first thing. Sadaqah jariyah. Work on this, my brothers and sisters. Work on it. Let it take years, doesn't matter. Continue to save, put it on the side and then pay it and go and get for yourself a project. Now, alhamdulillah, there is plenty of opportunity around the world. That's the first thing. The second thing that you should be working on right now that will be a source of hasanat after your death and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, A righteous child that continues to make dua for you. A righteous child that makes dua for you, after your death, you continue to earn reward and hasanat as you lay there in your grave. Allahu Akbar. 
And so this is actually very beautiful. What this means is that and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us that the righteous child we have in this life, and he mentioned righteous because the dua of a righteous person is closer to being accepted than other than a righteous. And a child, the best, best person, and the most beneficial dua from any person on earth after your death, is a righteous child. And this includes your direct children, whether they are boys or girls. And it also includes your children's children. So your, your grandchildren and so on, and their children, and it continues to go down. Allahu alam how many generations. You see, one righteous child that you bring up in this life, and his children, and his children, and his children, it goes down centuries, perhaps you're dead in your grave. And you continue to have, and, and, and your children continue have to continue to have children seven, eight generations later. If there is still a righteous child among them that is making dua for his parents, that would include you. And it becomes a source of hasanat for you in your grave and benefit. Allahu Akbar. And it also includes the dua of others. But the dua of others is not as effective and beneficial for the dead person than his righteous child. So the second thing you're supposed to be working on is raising righteous children that would remember you after your death in their dua and that you teach your righteous children for them to teach their children to continue to make dua for you after your death. Allahu Akbar. That's the second project. And this is a huge project, wallahi, my brothers and sisters in Islam. Those who have children, Make sure you're bringing them in an Islamic manner, in a righteous manner. Teach them a dua that they can make for you as you're alive and after your death. Teach them to make a dua. رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ رَبِّ ارْحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِي صَغِيرًا Teach them this dua. Make sure you're building righteous children, upright children, honest children, Children that are raised upon Islamic morals and manners and character. This is a project. You do this in hope that if these righteous children outlive you and they live way after your death, every time they make dua for you, this is a source of hasanat flowing into your grave. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that a person might be raised levels and he is raised levels in the paradise. So this person would say to Allah, why am I being ascended levels in the paradise? He doesn't know. So Allah would say to this person, because this righteous child you left in this life is making dua for you. He's asking Allah to forgive you. And as a result, the parents are going up levels in the paradise and they have no idea where it came from. And the answer was that it came from the righteous child's dua. Allahu Akbar. Then your second project that you should be working on right now is children. Spend on your children. Teach them Al-Quran. Teach them the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't neglect your children. The father and the mother, both of you are responsible to bringing righteous children 
and to teaching your children al-Islam. Both of you are responsible. This is not just the mother's work or the father's work. This is both of you. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, uh, All of you are shepherds. All of you have a leadership responsibility. And all of you will be held accountable on the day of judgment for those who you are in, uh, for those who you are in authority over. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, And the father is responsible. He's a leader in the house and he will be questioned about those in the house, about his wife and children. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَالْمَرْأَةُ رَاعِيَةٌ فِي بَيْتِ أَهْلِهَا وَمَسْؤُولَةٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ And the woman, she is in leadership and authority in her husband's house and over the children. And she will be questioned about her responsibility. For the hadith is very clear that the father and the mother are both responsible to making sure that their children are nurtured and raised upon Islamic character and Islamic values and morals and manners. It's the responsibility of both. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, this is the second biggest investment project you're supposed to to be working on. And that is raising your children upon Islam so that when they're righteous and you die and they make dua for you, it benefits you after your death. Allahu Akbar. And the third and final matter that would benefit the believer after his death and would become a source of hasanat and a river of hasanat that continues to flow into your grave after your death. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Beneficial knowledge that people benefit from. So that means the third biggest project you're supposed to be working right now on is to leave behind you beneficial knowledge. He mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, beneficial knowledge. Because knowledge is of two types. There is non-beneficial knowledge and beneficial knowledge. If you leave behind non-beneficial knowledge, that will damage you after your death. That perhaps would be a source of sins after your death. If you left harmful knowledge behind, if you left knowledge of innovation, and you spread innovation, and you spread lie against the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we need to be careful. So you need to be working on spreading beneficial knowledge in this life, so that when you die, whoever benefits from anything you spread that is beneficial, and implements it in his life, you earn great hasanat for this, and it becomes a source of good deeds for you in your grave. Allahu Akbar. And Wallah, I don't know how people understand this part of the hadith. Some people assume that this part of the hadith, leaving behind beneficial knowledge, is only for scholars. This is only for the people of knowledge, for the preachers of Islam, for al-ulama, and us general people. What kind of beneficial knowledge can we leave behind? Don't have this understanding. This is wrong. This is absolutely wrong understanding. Each and every single Muslim has some knowledge that is beneficial. Whatever it is, doesn't have to be a lot of knowledge. Could be anything. Anything. Go and look for a Muslim and teach him Surah Al-Fatiha. A Muslim that does not know how to read Surah Al-Fatiha. Teach him Surah Al-Fatiha. Teach her Surah Al-Fatiha. So that means 
When this person learns Surah Al-Fatiha, every single time he recites it in his or her Salat, during your life and after your death, you earn Hasanat. And if they teach it to others, then they earn Hasanat and you earn Hasanat as well. Because you're the one that taught Surah Al-Fatiha to that person. And that becomes a source of Hasanat for you in your grave after your death. Do not be stingy on the knowledge you have. So many people are stingy with what they have of knowledge. You know, and this is يعني, a Western mentality. The Western people are those who are greedy when it comes to knowledge, you know. They'll sell you a course for $200 to come and listen to, to something he has of experience and wisdom. So they call it, right? Selling books or whatever it is. But us Muslims, we are generous when it comes to Islamic knowledge. Generous. Share it with the world. Share it. There is nothing small. There is nothing in Nuhab Allah. Look, you know what? This is a very minor teaching of Islam. Who's going to listen to me? And why am I going to preach it? Don't have this attitude. Share it with young children at the masjid. Go to your masjid and see someone there. Sit with him and teach him something that you know of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I want to share with you here a very beautiful story that I've heard before about an old man that lived in the Arab land in Saudi Arabia. An old man. And he once attended a masjid old man living next to the masjid, he always prays his five daily prayers at this masjid. And one time the imam was sharing a hadith with the congregation after the prayer. And he shared with them a hadith that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kalimatani khafifatani ala lisan. There are two phrases that are very light on the tongue. fil mizan. They are very heavy on the scale, heavy in hasanat on the scale. Habibatani ila rahman and two phrases that are most beloved to the most merciful, Allah Azza wa What are these two phrases that Allah loves and they are heavy in the scale and light on the tongue? Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. This is what the Imam shared with the congregation. This old man, it was the very first time he ever heard this hadith in his life. So he went to the Imam, excited and happy. And he said to him, Allahu Akbar, Shaykh, please repeat this hadith for me. I want to memorize it before I leave the masjid. Fal Imam began to repeat this hadith. Kalimatani, khafifatani ala lisan. And he repeated this hadith. Five, six, seven, eight, ten times until this old man memorized the hadith. Then this old man, he would not see anyone except that he will say to him, come, I just want one minute from your time. I want to teach you something. Did you know that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, there are two words, two phrases that are light on the tongue, heavy on the scale, beloved to Allah Azza wa Jal, subhanallah bihamdih, subhanallah al-azim. And he'll go, yalla, from one person to another, in the masjid, in the shopping malls, in the supermarket, at school, wherever he is, in the taxi, in the bus, anywhere he went, he will say to people, give me one minute of your time. I want to share with you a beautiful hadith. And he'll tell them this hadith. He spread knowledge. Look at this, he just had one hadith that I'm sure all of us know. Allahu Akbar. And then at the end of his life, when he was dying, they took him to the hospital. Even on his hospital bed, the nurse would come. He would say to her nurse, give me one minute. I want to tell you of a hadith. And he would say the hadith. And the doctor would come. 
and he would tell him the hadith. And if these people did not understand Arabic, he would get a translator to translate the hadith for these people. And he died. Allahu Akbar. Imagine what kind of beneficial knowledge this person left and how much hasanat he is earning in his grave right now. For every single person who he taught this hadith and they continue to say subhanallah wa bihamdihi in their life now. Every single person who says subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah al-azim that did not, did not know about this hadith and this old man had taught them or reminded them they earn hasanat and he earns hasanat. What a powerful, what a powerful concept. Do not be stingy with knowledge you have. Any piece of information you have, share it, spread it with your family, with your friends. And make sure your family first. Because how can it be that your family are the closest to you and you don't share anything with them? Share with your family. Because they're your number one responsibility. And then share with the world. Share with people. Make a post. Share it on your social media. Use social media for that. This is what social media should be used for among the Muslim community. Not stupid things that people have unfortunately used social media for. A little clip of you dancing. Are you making some kind of strange voice and having a voiceover of some disbeliever that is saying something, whatever it is? Voice, voiceovers. What for? What is this? How is this going to benefit you on the day of judgment? Wallah, I tell you, people are sick and they are lost on social media. So we ask Allah to give them the ability to make a tawbah. And to use their social media for that which will benefit them and benefit others. Wallah, when you spread beneficial knowledge, you are benefiting yourself first before others. Because you are creating for yourself a source of hasanat when you die. You're investing for yourself so that when you die, anyone who benefits from uh, the... Uh, from, from the beneficial knowledge that you spread, anyone who benefits from it and applies it, you earn hasanat as you're alive and after your death. Make a, create an account on social media and dedicate this account only for this project, only to post beneficial knowledge, nothing else, or to share or re-upload, whatever it is. Do good, do good for yourself. You're, you're benefiting yourself before others. Think of this. This is a project you're supposed to be working on for yourself. You're the one who will earn the revenue and the profits from it in this life and after your death. So don't be stingy on yourself. The one who has knowledge and doesn't share it, he is being stingy upon himself before he's stingy upon the people. We ask Allah to put barakah in our work. We ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us all. And... This is the end of the lesson. This is what I wanted to share with you. Work on these three things, my brothers and sisters. Charity project. Righteous children. Your children are the most important project for you right now in this life. And we said charity project. Your children. And beneficial knowledge. Work on these three things. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to work on these three things. And we ask Him subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accept from us our efforts 
and we ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins and our shortcomings innahu waliyu dhalika wal qadiru alayh wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in